Welcome to episode four of News Points on the Air, a production of the North American Division of Seventh-day Adventists. I'm your host, Milan Medley. On November 1st, we turned our clocks back an hour. Daylight savings time is upon us. Sure, we got an extra hour of sleep, but now our mornings are brighter and our evenings are darker. That seemingly small adjustment of just an hour can have a major effect on our well-being in more ways than we may realize. Today's guest, Dominique Gummel, is a fitness professional, certified well-being expert and transformational coach, international keynote speaker, filmmaker, and writer. And she's here today to help us identify ways the time change can affect our physical, emotional, and mental health, and provide practical ways to help us navigate the upcoming winter months. Dominique, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> so can you briefly describe uh, the work that you do and also your current work and also how you've contributed to Andrews University and even Advent Health? Absolutely. I, I smile when I start answering this question because as probably for many people, this year has been quite intense with a lot of different changes. And so I'll just share a little bit um, what I'm doing. Generally speaking, I'm a wellness expert and I come out of the wellness and um, health fitness background. And currently I am a, the director for university wellness at Andrews University. And in addition to that, I'm also the wellness expert and media spokesperson for a company called Verve Incorporated. And um, I'm also, I have my own company and my own business and I do wellness coaching, consulting, and I'm an international partner for Juness Global. So I have a lot of different things I'm doing, but they're all interrelated and they all really focus on one thing. And that is to really help people to live their lives to the fullest potential. Now, in this conversation, and even in, you know, just you describing what you do, we're going to say the term wellness a lot and helping people be well. So can you define what wellness is? Beautiful question, because it is a word that is used all over the place in so many mm -hmm. different contexts. And in fact, we've seen in this world uh, of wellness, we've actually seen a movement toward the word well-being. And I'm actually an mm -hmm. earlier adopter of that. So I actually don't talk that much about wellness anymore. I utilize the word well-being, right? Mm -hmm. And so, but if we just assume well-being and wellness right now are synonymous, right? Okay. Um, wellness really means that it is a holistic term that refers to the multi, multiple dimensions of the human existence. So the physical, the emotional, the spiritual, the social, the occupational, the emotional, mental. So you have a full picture of the human being in its very different dimensions. And all together, these dimensions create a level of wellness for the individual and wellness is not synonymous with health mm. so wellness refers actually to your optimum existence within those different categories right so mm -hmm. health really usually refers to the the presence or absence of illness and disease but mm. wellness really focuses on the optimum existence so again looking at that full potential of the human yeah, and that's interesting because you, you often think or hear people 
saying health, um, but it's like specific to, like you said, the absence of yep. an illness. Um, and you think, oh, I'm healthy if, you know, I have a good diet, if I exercise. But as you were just saying, it's all encompassing of your total well-being. Like you said, your total um, how you navigate as a human, you know, all sides of things that accompany or make up who you are as a person. Absolutely. And also, very interestingly, you as a human being have full control over your well-being. In other words, it is always the choices that you make that contribute to the level of well-being or quality of life that you experience. With health, while you have a huge impact on your own health, there are factors and elements that you cannot control that are outside of the control. Mm-hmm. So speaking of that, it's a perfect segue to something that we, especially here in the United States, cannot control, and that is daylight savings time. <laughs> <laughs> so um, around this time of year, you know, um, we are instructed to fall back. So that means turn our clocks backwards an hour on a specific Saturday night or Sunday morning, and that allows us to gain an hour, so to speak. So that initial day you wake up and the following day is like, oh, I have this extra hour of sleep. That feels great. <laughs> but then you realize, oh my goodness, it's dark like around 4 p.m. Mm-hmm. and 5 p.m. And while like mornings may be longer and you feel more energized in the morning, the evenings, especially if you're still at work, um, it's tough to, you know, it's tough to want to keep going, keep the motivation going after it gets dark and when it gets darker early. So Absolutely. how did those, those, two, um, those two things that we cannot control, really brighter mornings, darker evenings, how did those things affect one's well-being? So really, truly, there are a lot of people in this world that deal with this daylight savings concept, like you say, U.S., but there's many other countries that have that as well. And there are many people that struggle with this change of how much daylight you have available to you. Because as we know, natural light is a natural remedy um, for our well-being. And when that is minimized and you don't have a lot of light, natural light, it can have a real impact on how we feel, how we feel emotionally, which then can have an impact on how we feel physically. So it is a legitimate issue that people are dealing with. So yes, it has a big impact on our health and well-being. But the good news is there are things we can do. Yeah, and so we're going, we're going to get into that. But before we get into how we can um, maintain optimal uh, wellness and well-being, what are some things we should be mindful of and pay attention to when talking about um, negative effects of this transition? So there is the seasonal um, affective disorder, which is more on the severe spectrum. But for those who may not have SAD, that's the acronym, those who may not have SAD or it's like a variant of SAD, what are some, some of the symptoms? Mm-hmm. So usually it, immediately, and again, like you say, there's a spectrum of severity. Some people may experience some symptoms, some may experience more severe symptoms, but usually it manifests itself with that you feel more fatigued or tired, you're sluggish. Uh, you feel like you don't have the same amount of energy. You also can feel less optimistic about things. That can be a, a sign mm-hmm. of that. Um, 
some people report that they just have the urge to sleep more and they just feel more tired. Mm -hmm. um, there is people that um, notate that it actually increases um, eating foods that they know are not good for them, right? Mm -hmm. um, to just create some type of a feeling of well-being, right? Which is what we do. We go, we go to food. Because yeah, it could be like, oh, it's my comfort food. All, all this exactly. bread just helps me feel good. Exactly. <laughs> exactly right. So that can be something. So just, you know, making maybe some choices within eating that we know aren't good. Um, also, it can be a, for some people acting as a demotivator. So in other words, they just don't feel mm. motivated to do anything. They don't want to what they normally do. They don't want to participate in social activities. They don't want to participate in maybe regular exercise or whatever it may be. But it's just the suppression of energy. Mm -hmm. And so that's oftentimes, oftentimes when people report during that time. And it's important to like outline all these things that encompass um, the effect of uh, darker days or darker evenings. Cause someone may be like, oh, what something's wrong with me. And it's just me. They may feel alone and think there's not much to do, but this is a legitimate effect Yes. of the longer, darker winter evenings. And it's important for people to know that with identifying what it is, there is um, there's help and there yes. are things we can do. So let's transition now into what we can do. Once we spot it maybe in ourselves or we see our loved one maybe struggling um, with this, what are some things that we can do? Yeah, and before I go into that, just real quick, because you just actually said something important. You said, if we identify that in our loved ones. And so what's really important with SAD or seasonal affective disorder is that um, you, should, you would notice a change. Usually people who struggle or experience SAD, you should see a difference during mm -hmm. seasons, right? So it's something that where during maybe summer months, none of these things exist. And then the transition comes and you notice that things really significantly change. That's usually a good indicator because we cannot forget that obviously there are other situations like clinical depression, other things that would not be necessarily tied to, to the seasons mm -hmm. that are ongoing. So all I'm saying is we need to be aware of how things maybe change for us to be able to identify if SAT is something that, you know, it affects us. So just, just as a, as a side note to that, right. but. And it can even compound some other things that people are dealing with. So even mm -hmm. if it isn't sad, just okay. having longer evenings, darker evenings can make things that other people may be experiencing yeah. within their well-being. It could yeah. help make, or not help. It could make things a little worse mentally and emotionally. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, sorry. So to answer your question that you actually. Yeah, no problem. Had. This was very important. Very important to clarify. So you asked me, what are some things that yes. we can do, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So first and foremost, I think the first step to any type of solution is the awareness. We need to be aware what the situation is and we need to be aware of it while we intentionally spend time looking at the situation at hand. So as we move into daylight savings time now that we're in it, um, we need to be aware of the fact, okay, the reality is the days will be shorter. Mm -hmm. The sunlight might come up a little earlier now, you know, mm -hmm. for, at least for a little while. Um, so I need to be aware of the fact that this is the, the present situation. In other words, I cannot change that. There's right. nothing I can do to make the days longer right now because I don't have that power. So mm -hmm. acknowledging and being aware of this is the situation and to let go of the fact that, it, to accept that it is, that this is what it is. Okay, that's step number one. Step number two is then to understand that there's a number of behaviors we can engage in that mm. 
show us through research that can have a positive impact on how we feel. Oh, great. And so at this point, I think I'd like to just say an important thing that I say to a lot of my clients, patients, people I consult with, is that feelings follow behavior. Mm. And right now in our society, we act the exact opposite. We (laughs) communicate in everything that we do that you should act based on how you feel. And while there's probably some merit and that's a bigger conversation for another day, um, fact is that if I engage in certain behaviors, I can impact the emotions that I experience. And that's Mm. important. So because if we always act based on how we feel, in this case, for example, that's Mm. going to be become quite complicated because the situation will just be exacerbated. And so, um, so number one, we know from um, lots and lots of research that one of the main things that can positively impact how we feel and our emotions is physical movement. Mm. So our body moves automatically, physiological reactions occur that then actually change the way we feel and our emotions. Right? right? So one of my favorite colleagues and experts, he always says, motion creates emotion. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And it's accredited to uh, Dr. Darren Morton. That's his, um, that's his saying. Yeah. And, um, but it's the truth. When you move, mm-hmm. you change the way you see anything. And I think most people know this when you're extremely stressed out, just, you know, irrespective of, of seasonal affective disorder, when you exercise, you suddenly feel a lot better. You feel Mm -hmm. like you've expanded energy. You feel more balanced afterwards. And it makes sense because your body releases hormones. There are certain reactions that take place that balance that out. And so one of the biggest things is movement. So I want to encourage everyone, especially during daylight savings time, that we move more and sit less. And Mm -hmm. I don't mean it has to be always fully structured exercise, although I would want to encourage that for the same reasons, <laughs> moving more and sitting less. So even in your home, move more, clean more, clean hmm. yeah. more, change your environment. So your environment in your home invites you to move and not to sit, which by the way, in America, that's a real challenge because most of our living rooms are situated in a way that all you want to do is sit. Sit. Yeah, it's true. And so this is a good time to think about rearranging the way you live and what you have around you, because what's around you is going to impact what you're going to do. And so the more you move, the better you will feel. Now that's going to require the discipline I just spoke of. You can't wait to feel like you're going to move because you may not ever do it. Right. It feels better to sit. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. But but the good news is um, many people know the very basic laws of physics. An object that is in motion will remain in motion. An object at rest wants to stay at rest. And this is true for the human being, which means the more you actually choose to move, the more you're going to want to move, the more you're going to feel like moving, the more you're going to stay in motion. And Mm -hmm the better you're going to feel. So it's a chain reaction. So I want to encourage everybody to move. And here's another important part. You need to move and do something you actually enjoy. If you start engaging in movement, you don't actually enjoy it. You're not going to keep doing it. It's true. Okay. So Mm -hmm. in your home, be creative. What can you do in your home? Okay. If it's too cold outside or whatever, what can you do in your home? Um, Some people buy these little trampolines that they can bounce around on. I have a nice little home gym. I have a resistance ball. I have resistance bands, um, a mat that you can do exercises with. You've got lots of technology available to you. In fact, um, and this is truly, I've seen it now. um, The company that I work for, Verve, has created a stay-at-home kit for Corona. 
and that you can use. It's free. So it's not even a commercial because it's free. Anyone can get it if they want to. Um, nice. You can utilize it on the app and it takes you through short workout regimens. If you don't know what to do, you've never done it, it, it tutors you through it so you can start engaging in things from the comfort of your home. So mm -hmm. you can just move more, okay? And um, you can, I don't know, you have stairs, you can turn on some music, you can move to music, you know, whatever it is you do, but just move more. I have made it a ritual that anytime I want to make some food or I clean the house or whatever, I put in some music and I put extra effort into it, right? Into the, mm. into, into what you do. And so, be creative, do something you enjoy to do, but move more. Even if it's inside, outside is great, but any movement will make you feel better. That's number one. Number two, really important is you are what you eat. I'm sure you've heard that many times. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you choose to eat foods that improve your entire functioning, your alertness, it can have a direct impact on your emotions. So if you constantly eat foods, that are high in processed or processed foods, if you eat um, foods high in saturated fats, if you eat foods high in simple sugars, you might experience a temporary high, but you're going to experience mm -hmm. a much prolonged crash thereafter. And yeah. so that then leads you to want to do that over and over, but it does not contribute to you actually improving your situation that you might have with seasonal affective disorder. Mm -hmm. So it is really important to drink a lot of water, eat regularly and also eat foods that are good for you. And honestly, everybody knows what that is. <laughs> we do not, honestly, I'm just going to say it like it is. We do not need another nutritional seminar. I mean, go to it if you want to, but I'm telling you that it's not the issue. Most people mm. in the United States know exactly what foods are good for them or what not are not good for them. It's not a matter of education. It's a matter of behavior. Mm. So, so I want to encourage everybody to make choices. And again, here you can be smart. Don't buy stuff you don't want to be tempted to eat. Yeah. So surround yourself with the things that you know are good for you. Instead of having, I don't know, uh, cookies, chips, and chocolate, maybe have the options of melons, oranges, and pears, you know? So that that way you can make it better. sweet. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Or make, make something fun. Um, create smoothies. Make something mm -hmm. that um, is actually fun to consume, that are tasty, that is maybe a little bit creative. But the point here is during any type of seasonal affective disorder symptoms, you need to realize that what you ingest will either further the way you feel poorly or it can make you feel better. So that's really the key issue here. Okay. Yeah. So food is the other one. So I, what I really like about what you've said so far, it, it doesn't require, like you were saying, a lot of extra resources. Okay. So like, and cause you acknowledged, you know, especially if things get dark after four, who really wants to leave their house and go to the gym? That's right. You know, or who really, unless you're like a really intense uh, marathon runner, um, really wants to leave their house and go for a run if it's really late. I mean, even I, I'll be the first to say once it's darker outside, I just want to lay down. It just feels like the right thing to do. <laughs> um, but it's, a natural, it's a natural response from our bodies as well. Right. You know? Right. So. But you're just saying even like putting on some music as you're cooking, you know, move around the, the kitchen yeah. a little bit, go up and downstairs. Yeah. These are all things that everybody can do. And um, being mindful of what you eat, this is something that everybody can do. So that those are very practical tips. So let's say even in attempts to do those things, those very practical tips, when then should somebody, if they're doing all those things and they're still not feeling great, 
when should somebody seek professional help, whether it's with a, a trainer such as yourself, a wellness coach, or even um, counselor or therapist, when should that um, move be made? Well, that's, you know, that's very individualized, but I always like to recommend and say, you know, some people may have experienced this for years on end, but they have never actually known that this is what it is. So mm -hmm. if they're listening to this and they start realizing, oh, I've actually felt this way the last 10 winters mm -hmm. or whatever, um, and we're about to move into that phase, it might be good to be proactive Mm -hmm. and actually seek conversation and professional assistance, whether it is from a fitness professional or a mental health professional, um, that you prepare rather than react. So if you've experienced this before, which you'll know, you'll remember, yeah. um, if you experienced, then be proactive before we move into the season and actually seek some help so that you can design a plan of actions, of behaviors that you're going to try to implement so that this season can be better. If you have never really experienced it and this is new, it's by, by the way that's strangely enough but it's possible you could experience it for the first time randomly uh, so it is mm -hmm. possible to have that so you may have been fine but often we see it too when people are raised in geographical areas where there's more sunshine and it's warmer and they transition to an area where it's cooler and the days mm -hmm. are shorter they mm -hmm. often are hit much much more because the system is just not used to it right so right. Be aware of that, be aware of where you are. And if you're new to this and somehow you feel like after daily savings time and after it gets dark sooner, you catch yourself consistently being demotivated and not sure that you feel like doing anything, I would always give it you know, two, three weeks. And if consistently that doesn't change, mm -hmm. there, there's probably something going on. So that's probably a nice little nudge to say, all right, maybe be proactive in seeking some assistance so that you can, again, be more proactive rather than let it sit for months on end. Right. And even then, there's nothing wrong with that. We want to remove any stigmas from someone saying, you know what, I am not um, functional, functioning at my best yeah. and getting some professional help will help me to function yeah. at my best because it's not just for yeah. you, it's for interacting with your loved ones, interacting yeah. with coworkers. So, you know, you being at your best is really beneficial yeah. all the way around. Um, you know, and it's, that's very important that you say that. And maybe this is a good time to just briefly share. Um, I spent many years in California, so I was, you know, very you're fortunate to have a lot of sun all the time. Mm -hmm. And when I transitioned moving to Michigan, and a lot of people experience that in Michigan when they move there, um, I really struggled with this. I really did. I experienced that the first year I was there. Every year I knew it was coming. And I'm a very um, happy, optimistic person. So I'm not, you know, generally speaking. And so I noticed it very intensely, like when that transition was happening. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes I felt like I'm not myself. Mm -hmm. I felt like I couldn't figure out what was going on. And then I started, you know, this is years ago, but I started to, you know, to really interact with the situation and exactly what you say. The reality is as human beings, all of us need help, period, mm -hmm. with a lot of things. Yeah. And, the, and, and in order to improve our quality of life, it is essential that we start understanding that they are experts for a reason. So mm -hmm. we can share all of the different strengths that we have and we can seek help so that we can feel better, so that we can be stronger and so that we can maybe then help other people too. So it's not always just about us, right? It's also right. about how what we do impacts others. And so um, I, you know, I reached out to mental health professional and um, I'm super happy and excited to say to this day, I have opted for lifelong therapy because 
for me, having a therapist, having a life coach, someone that I can go to with all the things that we're confronted with in life on a day-to-day -day mm -hmm. basis, it has shown me how much um, it benefits me, whether it's seasonal affective disorder, whether it is the, the challenges that we encounter in life, whatever it may be, and to have someone that has an objective perspective, because when you're in it, you just can't see it. It's not right. possible, right? right. So... Yeah. And thank you for sharing that. Because um, that the more we talk about it, I think the more that others feel uh, liberated in a sense of yeah. not feeling alone and just knowing that there is help. There's plenty of help there. Um, and yes. I've benefited from that as well. Because um, I know even though I don't have SAD as a diagnosis, the winter months do uh, hit me a certain way. Um, yeah. So I'd like to say, because I even have what's called like a happy lamp. Um, that you turn on is specifically for these winter months. It's like mm -hmm. a, a little box of sunshine <laughs> that you Absolutely. can um, turn on for about an hour that's supposed to boost your, um, is it serotonin levels or what helps you feel better, you know, and, and when those little, when the darkness feels overwhelming, um, it really helps with productivity. Yeah, and it, I'm glad you say that because outside of the movement and the diet, there's a few more really important tips. That's one of them. You can really actually um, get those lights. There's various different kinds that you can research that really help your entire rhythm to be set well and so on. And that gives you that extra lighting that you may need. So that's easy to do. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing is one of the things that will help really anybody during this time is continue to be intentional to meaningfully connect with other human beings. Mm. Try to not retreat, even if you feel like it. I mean, we all need retreat. You know what I mean? But right, right. try to connect regularly with people. And right now, I don't care if it's via Zoom or whether it's in person next to you. Um, we need to embrace where we are right now. And it is so much more um, beneficial to you to connect with someone, even verbally on the screen that you can mm -hmm. see you body movements and you can exchange emotions and stuff so that that way you can really connect meaningfully socially so i think that's really important so connect socially um food um uh you know uh exercise and then also do think about your entire wake and sleep rhythm so utilize the daylight as much as possible so when time changes depending on your schedule mm -hmm. see if you can rise when it gets light Mm -hmm. So that, that way you can maximize the exposure to natural lighting. Mm -hmm. um, for some people, that's impossible if their work schedules are, you know, night sh shift or whatever they have. But if you can try to adjust it so that you can actually wake up with the sun and use, utilize that, but then also making sure that you do sleep enough so that your body can restore and heal. Because yeah. if you end up, because interestingly, even during SAD, when people experience a lot of fatigue and energy loss, they mm -hmm. still don't go to sleep. But instead, mm. they'll hang on maybe watching shows yeah. on end or whatever. And then mm. you don't sleep. Then you don't get your necessary sleep. So it's important to see that you get your seven to eight hours of sleep so that you can feel better. Awesome. This is all great information, Dominique. Is there anything else you'd like to add um, <laughs> to help? You know, I mean, what you said already was just so uh, informative and really helps empower people um, yes. to be with themselves and to spot um, this behavior in others, but anything else that you'd offer to our listeners? I, I do. One more thing that I think is important. Oftentimes when we experience situations where we're emotionally down, we often by default then start living in our own little world because 
that's what that does. That mindset and the vision we have is very, you know, focused on self because we don't, we don't feel well. That's very normal. And so what I like to say is whenever you feel that way, think about what you can do for someone else. It often gives mm. you different perspective so it could be something little maybe someone you know that's not feeling well give them a call maybe someone that needs some assistance or encouragement write them a card um maybe um you just spend your time listening to somebody whatever it may be it doesn't have to be complicated but whenever you don't feel well put on your action to-do list what can i do for somebody else it it takes away that focus and we have studies that show that when you do something good for someone else there is a positive physiological response in your body wow. and so that is very powerful because that can actually help you also feel better and I can attest to this I didn't know there was like studies involved but when I sometimes feel down I do go out of my way to try to do something for someone else it does help me feel better I I could never articulate the chemical response or anything but I just know it helps me feel better it gives me the energy to go on so that's that's great that there is science to back that up I had no idea yep, absolutely. <laughs> all right well thank you so much Dominique for your time and uh, looking forward to tackling or being more equipped to handle this daylight savings time Absolutely. Everyone can. We have, there's great people out there that can provide support, assistance, and tips. And uh, yeah, I just, uh, I know that we can have the power within us to live better and to make good choices, but to not be afraid because um, if this is the situation, reach out, ask for help. And uh, I'm very positive, like I experienced, that you can do something about it. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of News Points on the Air. News Points on the Air is produced, edited, and hosted by myself, Milan Medley. The executive producers are Dan Weber, Julia Munoz, and Kimberly Moran. Graphics are by, by Jonathan LaPointe. Listen and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Share with your friends, give us a five-star rating, and write a review. Also, be sure to subscribe to News Points a weekly digital newsletter with news stories, special announcements, and ministry resources. Visit nadavenist.org and click on news. If you have any questions or comments, send them on in to ontheair at nadavenist.org. That's ontheair at nadavenist.org. That's it for this week. We'll see you in two weeks.